Hi, Heathens. You are about to jump into one of my favorite conversations that we have ever had uh, with Dr. Elizabeth Jeffries, who is fantastic. But before we do, I just wanted to let you know we had a little bit of an audio hiccup on my end uh, during the first half of the conversation. So it's not going to sound quite exactly the way you're used to hearing Heathen sound for the first half. It's still fine. You can hear us. Um, I figured it out halfway through and, and it's working on the back end, but just wanted to give you that heads up so that you're not like, uh-oh, are my earbuds messing up? They're not. It was me. We all have stories written in our bones. Echoes, memories, the learned way our muscles will tense or relax at a voice or proposition, the patterns we've memorized with something much more primal than mind. We name these echoes, these stories nurtured in, call some trauma, call others joy, practice moving and loving within them. Our histories chronicled in sinews and skins. Our old habits and first loves and worst nightmares circulating in our systems while we go about our being in the world. Before you learned these stories, there were older, ancient, fundamental rhythms at work in your body. You are a collective, born a symphony of parts performing roles innate to their being for centuries, millennia, something beyond. You Unique and wild in the world are a system of the sweetest, simple, complex stories of community and dependence, of rest and protection and need. Your cells, your souls, the indistinguishable parts of you are playing out the script as you listen, leaning on and into each other, responding and holding and rushing to aid, asking and becoming and dying and being born. You are an orchestra. And the things you crave, the desire written deep in your marrow, is the oldest essential story. Connection. Creation. Collaboration. Community. You are at once small in a universe too vast to imagine and a universe of intricate detail contained within the confines of your skin. You are part of an interdependent system and you are an interdependent system all your own. You are a complex and simple story, poetry and hard facts and patterns as old as time. You are a truth and a fiction, an inevitability and a tale wholly your own to tell. And I know one thing for certain. We are in this alone, and we are in this together. We belong to ourselves, and we belong to each other. We stand families and soloists. We rise united and entirely our own and down to the smallest measure of your being. You belong in your cells, in your bones, in your beginning. You belong. Spiritual Conversations for the Godless. I'm Matthew Blake. And I'm Karen Thurston. Welcome to Heathen. Well, we can't stick to a script if we have one, generally. Oh so, Although, this is fun. I have actual notes Ooh. that I have made. He's prepared. I have oh never done goodness. this before. No, this is the first time. This is very like, this is, fancy. You should feel very special. I do feel special. I do. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Should. No, I'm excited because I listened to. So, all right. Hi, heathens. Let's. We're, we're already. Hi, heathens. <laughs> we're already in it. We're already doing the thing. We're just doing that. Um, we're here with. Do I call you Dr. Elizabeth Jeffries? I mean, you can. You can. I, I would love That's to. Right. I would love to say I'm here with Dr. Elizabeth Jeffries. That it's or Elizabeth truthful. Jeffries PhD is how <laughs> that salute is on your website. There you go. You go. You signed your email, Beth. Is that what you prefer? So I go by Beth, but for author purposes, professional purposes, I usually use Elizabeth. So either right. one. We will. Yeah. We are. Heathen is a very professional organization, Abs- so yes, we are going to stick right, with Elizabeth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that seems false. We're going to call her that for sure. <laughs> that works. Yeah, just stick around. We'll that see works. Sure that is. Um, first of all, welcome. Thank uh, you. So ha- happy that you're here. We you reached out to us a long time ago, and we, it took us forever to get our shit together. Typical. Typical. <laughs> yeah. Because we're so professional. Right. See, we've already bl- right. we've already blown our cover. Uh, <laughs> just call her. <laughs> <laughs> just forget it. Forget it. Uh, it's going to be fine. <laughs> Because one of the things that we've uh, that people have reached out to us multiple on multiple occasions uh, about heathen is that they want to talk. They'd love to hear more about science and religion and science and faith and the commingling and the butting of heads of those two things. And we haven't really done it yet because, believe it or not, Karen and I, I know from looking at us. (laughs) We probably look like really just hardcore scientific minds. I mean, I thought I saw uh, a lab like, coat hanging in the background there. You know, yeah, right? I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. Right. <laughs> that's that's that chalkboard crazy. with all of all those mathematical <laughs> equations. What's what's that for? <laughs> yeah, that's just a little casual brainstorming I did this morning. Right, no right, right. <laughs> it's fine. Just like just general you know. meaning of life, like theory do, of the universe you know? stuff. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's that ain't me. Uh, I was the well. Actually, here's the here's how I want to start our conversation. Yeah, and we will get to the point where we let you introduce yourself because that's a thing we do at the, on Heathen. But let's start the conversation by having a nerd off. Ooh, I, <laughs> is, I am ready to throw down right now. What do you have? For I want, here, here's what I want us to do. I want us to like ch- see who ticks off. More nerd boxes. Okay. Oh, Would you have wow. boxes? No, I don't have boxes. You have wow. to come up. With is this like a never have I ever kind of a game? I guess maybe it is. Maybe it is. So, <laughs> so I, I I cannot check any kind of science or mathy nerd boxes except for weirdly. Yeah. Super weirdly, I was in. I don't even know how to pronounce it anymore. Mu Alpha Theta, that high school like math, oh, uh, like no. honors That's honors club. Wow. One year in high school, I got invited into that right. for some reason. Right. But also, I'm the kid who like skipped geometry and like geometry was a requirement to graduate from my high school. Right. Somehow, I skipped it and I told them that I was doing a geometry course over the summer and I had to like document it and turn in like papers and stuff. Mm. And I don't, I don't remember. I don't know if I forged my papers or what, but Mm. I did not take high school geometry. Oh my goodness! And I still somehow have, I still have a diploma. Right. That's neat. Yeah. Well. So there you go. I'm not math you, or science, I mean, but I am a the nerd. System. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I, mm. Maybe maybe, maybe I am a mathematical genius. Right. You could be. I weighed the odds. Yeah, yeah you figured out a way. Why am I not in Vegas? Honestly, yeah. 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 Really that's a skill that for that's a skill for Vegas. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So my first box is theater nerd. That was my big, big mm. high school thing. 
Mm-hmm. It's my box. Mm-hmm. Well, you can check same similar same boxes. box. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I don't have a lot of. I feel like as an adult, I have a little. Well, okay, so I am a theater nerd, mm-hmm. but I was raised by one of like the OG computer programmers. Like my dad oh, was a coder. Oh wow! Coding wow! Cool. Yeah. So like, I definitely grew up in that kind of tech environment. So there's a lot more like nerdy sci-fi kind of in me than I acknowledge on a regular basis. Like yeah. I, it's just all hiding in it's there. All in but then there. somebody will be like, let's talk about quantum entanglement. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can go on this for days. And then I'm like, oh God, where did that? Wow. Where, yeah. Where did yeah, that come yeah. from? Like, oh, I have these things in me. Cause this, like, it was just uh, th- those kind of, I wasn't particularly interested as a child because I was poetic and very much like, I don't like things that have one answer that you can find. Yeah. Like when there's a specific, as a kid, I was like, nope, I don't care. Like, I don't care what the specific yeah. answer is. I want only metaphor for my whole mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But as an adult, I'm actually a lot more like I've listened to every every episode of Radio Lab. I'm for sure mm-hmm. a Radio Lab nerd. That's, that's a that's a nerd like, box of its own. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like NPR nerd. Wow. Is yeah, definitely a box. yeah, but like. I find it really as as a, a grown up. I'm like I'm a little disappointed that I didn't engage more with um, with science and math. But my first job that I ever had was typing up a, a chemistry, a college level course chemistry teacher's manual mm. because my grandfather wow. wrote wrote chemistry textbooks for college students, and he yeah. hired wow. me to type up. The- so I know nothing about chemistry, but I typed up the teacher's manual for these college students. So that's right. nerdy thirsty. I am, that is, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, college kids that's everywhere. That's heavy, heavy nerdery. Yeah. Typed by a 14-year-old yeah. theater kid. Right. I'm sure there were some errors there. Right. <laughs> I apologize. But, so that's my nerd box. There you go. Awesome. All right. Uh, Elizabeth, yes. what is your first nerd box? Yeah. Well, I when I was um, – Gosh, I mean, kindergarten age, like really little, the first time that I learned what science even is, I knew like that's mm. that's for me. That's what yeah. that's mm. what my life's work is going to be. Figuring out what is going on on planet Earth, what is mm. going on in our bodies. Um, I was really fascinated by outer space. That actually, that probably was my, like my very first and primary nerd box was astronomy nerd. Mm. Um, I love it. I went real hard with astronomy for a couple years. Um, and I, so I, I was homeschooled and that has many implications. I'm sure we'll get into. That's a nerd That's box. That's a nerd box. Yeah. One <laughs> aspect of that was I, I had a lot of freedom to kind of choose the, you know, the directions, like the particular areas that I wanted to study. So every single Mm -hmm. year when science fair time would roll around and I would be deciding what to study, it was always astronomy just for years and years and Mm -hmm. years. Um, Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I think it was just – uh, like the idea that stars are just really far away suns, you know, and hmm. that we are like our sun would look like a star from another point in, right? right. Uh, that just. That's like mind blowing information for yeah, a personal child. Yeah. It's real mind blowing. Um, actually, mm-hmm. mind, it's mind blowing for me right now. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Like you imagine 
you know, what if I wasn't on earth? What if I was somewhere else in the universe? And I wouldn't even be able to see planet earth. I would just see this little speck of lights representing the sun. Like that, that just had me fascinated um, Mm -hmm. from a real young age. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. I would, I was pretty, I was pretty into nature, pretty into, um, astronomy. And then once I got into like middle school and high school, I, I never really like, I wouldn't say I loved math, but I liked it well enough that I could kind of get through it and, you know, and, um, stay with science. I, it was always science was, it just, Mm. there was something there that just drew me in. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of already over the nerd box game. Can yeah. we just like dive into this? I feel conversation like that was a now? good transition into like there we go. <laughs> maybe we should. Let I know. Her there we go. Who she is. <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is beautiful. Like yes, you've already started your introduction. Yeah. So, um, well, okay, so we're. I've already said we're excited to do this conversation about science. You have a book coming mm-hmm. out called Through the Kaleidoscope. That's is that correct. correct. Yes. Okay. Good. What's the subtitle? Yeah, the subtitle is How Exploring Cell Biology Transforms My Relationship with God. What? I like everything about this whole thing so far. I'm this just is really, I'm just really happy. Uh, this is very exciting. So, like over here smiling yeah. in the corner. <laughs> Yay. So I, and I think it's so, um, what you said, Karen, about learning about science and learning that there are exact, precise, concrete answers, Mm -hmm. like that that, you know, was kind of a turnoff for you. I can relate to that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, I, there was an aspect of like the, the precise answers that was actually kind of comforting and gave me some, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, all right, we can, we can actually know what's going on here. But what I have found um, through the course of going to college and going to grad school in natural science and working in, in the natural sciences, what I found is that really those concrete answers only tell part of the story mm-hmm. of what is going on, especially in biology, which is my my field. And that is what draws me in even more, you know, if, if everything had a, a concrete answer, then it's, it's kind of boring, right? right um, right. we just plug in the numbers and we get the answer mm. and there's, you know, there's something kind of, uh, you know, like doable and mm-hmm. secure mm-hmm. about that. Like, all right, we know how the mm. world works. We have these laws that operate, um, predictably and definably, but those laws point to larger patterns and larger hmm. realities. And those kind of the larger patterns of cell behavior um, are, are what I focus on in the book. Um, patterns that are within our bodies, that are within nature, that tell us something about what it means um, from my, from my perspective, what it means to be human, um, what it means to be a mm. person. And for instance, our cells, our bodies are, our bodies are made out of, out of cells, these individual life forms, right? And mm. these life forms mm. exist in community with one another. They form mm. communities with one another. And no cell is 
really capable of performing its function on its own. Um, and the function of an individual cell as significant as it might be, as life-giving and life-saving as it might be, isn't sufficient to support the life of a whole person on its own. It's only through reciprocity with its neighbors, relationship with its neighbors, receiving signals from the other cells around it, sending signals Mm -hmm. to the other cells around it, contributing to the health of the system that it finds itself within. It's only through that that participation um, that a cell is able to contribute to, you know, to the life of the greater whole. Um, So it's these kinds of patterns within cell biology. Once we take the data and we kind of back away from the data and we can see the whole picture, that's what Mm -hmm. I'm, that's what fascinates me the most about biology. Um, And as we were just saying, you know, you can imagine another planet that's far away from our perspective. Um, if we, you know, if we were on uh, somewhere else in the universe and we were looking back at planet Earth, we would barely be able to see, right, what's going on here. Like it would be so far mm. away and so far removed. And a similar thing happens when we look through a microscope and we see a, you know, a community of cells that's so small. It's on such a, such a different scale um, from the Mm. scale that we exist on. So it's so far away from us. And a lot of the, the characteristics of human life um, aren't present there. You know, cells aren't conscious, right? They're not making choices. Um, so there are, there are these differences and it's far removed from us, but still a lot of the patterns that we experience in our, in our lives and our human experiences, uh, are reflected in cell behaviors. Wow. I, I so I'm 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 loving this because mm-hmm. my my correlation the 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 way I relate to this is uh, like I'm I'm picturing you I'm picturing little like future Doctor Elizabeth looking through her microscope right, right. and seeing seeing this this microcosm this but this cosmos right and um for me it's it, like I have I have that same experience when I've been and I've, I've I probably even have shared this on the podcast before but mm-hmm. the first time I didn't feel God mm. uh, or like felt the absence of God was sitting in uh, Canyonlands National Park mm. and just looking out at this vast carved landscape that you know I had just like gone through the museum and read uh, or the visitor center and read you know how how this place came to be and why it looks the way it does at this particular moment in time yeah. you know just the the vast time and water uh, and wind that it took to get what we see right now and I just was like when I so hard for my brain to pull back that far. But, you know, I try and like try to pull back and see that much time and understand that much space. Yeah. Um, man, I just felt like where, like, I actually don't feel God right now. Like, and, and usually I did, mm-hmm. you know, usually nature was my, mm-hmm. um, like my microscope, mm-hmm. looking through the microscope and, and, and that community. And I, that was the first time I was like, I just feel like lucky. I just feel mm. lucky to be here in this moment to witness 
what's happening right now because mm. it's all going to be gone eventually. Right. The, the the wind and the water and time are going to do what they've been doing forever and eventually eradicate all of this beauty in front of me. And it'll just be a flat plateau or whatever. Right. Um, but that's, I, I, I don't know. Was that like for you, your experience coming to uh, identify your relationship to God or who God is or what God yeah. is? I mean, is would you say that like the microscope, like, played a big role in absolutely. that absolutely absolutely and i i love the way that you frame it because i i can identify with that experience of looking at nature and feeling like like this is all this is all that i need to feel like my life is mm. meaningful and significant right i don't need any bigger story than this. This story is big enough. Um, just the, right, the amount of time, the amount of space and the, the, how complex everything is, Mm -hmm. even just in a human body, the complex forces that converge just to create a a moment of life for me. Mm -hmm. Um, when I am able to take a minute and zoom out and think about that. It is. It it feels um it feels like that is enough of a source of meaning that I don't need to look um anywhere else. You know, there's something mm. so affirming about the complexity and the I mean it it makes me feel so tiny and insignificant at the same time as it makes me feel so fortunate and unlikely, almost impossible, right? That I would even be here. Uh, It's both of the, both of those feelings converge at the same time for me when I'm able to really think about, about biology. Um, And it, yeah, it changes the way that I think about, the it, I mean that becomes the overarching story, right? Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. Hey, heathens, are you enjoying this formidable paradigm shifting, boundary pushing conversation? I certainly hope so, because Matthew and I are working hard to introduce you to remarkable people and bring you rollicking conversations that have the power to make you feel less alone and more alive. If you love listening to Heathen, would you consider supporting the show? We are looking for folks willing to chip in a dollar or three or seven each month to help keep this thing going. Join us on Patreon, where, in addition to the deeply satisfying knowledge that you are helping to construct solid ground for folks taking steps away from bad religion, you will also get exclusive bonus content, like sex tips for repressed former fundamentalists from our resident expert, Bird Ward a round of Have You Ever with our guests to see who's the most profane, or blasphemous Bible trivia with questions like, who is scripture's most notorious masturbator? I've always wondered. And which character in the Bible likes to talk out of his ass? Careful, that one's a trick question. Click the link in the show notes or visit patreon.com backslash heathenpodcast to join the fam today. And thanks for supporting the godless spirituality we bring to ears each week. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that I love, and this is, I think, the thing that I was missing a lot in school. Mm-hmm. I got it at home, but I didn't get it in school. But the thing that just, like, my whole just listening 
to this conversation, just sitting here, like my whole body lights up because mm. it's that it's it's the both and of like you know school when they were te- a lot of the teachers that I had in school when they were teaching science when they were teaching things like this they were just teaching the literal factual sure, information sure and this whole thing of like it wasn't until later in life where like the story is added to yeah the facts, yeah you know? and, like, that spiritual level and the storytelling and the like you you're taking the poetry and you're putting it in with the precise numbers you know and like creating this beautiful right. sort of overlapping metaphorical lovely poetic thing and I just sit there like there's a whole world of beautiful story and it becomes just this like incredibly like that's the it becomes it's something that I then have to cling to like that when I deconstructed Mm -hmm. my whole thing was about caterpillars like that was the thing that I held on to yeah like for some reason, caterpillars like were my proof of God for a little while. And not even necessarily God in any particular mm-hmm, context, mm-hmm. but just like there's something bigger than I understand that happens. Like there's something that right. I don't – there's something beyond what I can see. And there's some sort of weird resurrection pattern Absolutely. that can happen in the world. Right. Like, I grabbed onto that and held it. And I love – I love the tandem relationship there. I love the way that those things interplay. I think it's beautiful. Absolutely. So yeah. Well, that, you know, that, that pattern of a caterpillar is just the perfect example um, mm. of transformation, change mm-hmm. um, in nature. And I, I see really uh, two patterns that keep me grounded. Uh, two patterns in nature that keep me grounded and that keep me engaged in mm. the absence now of the theological certainty that I had when I was growing up. And those patterns, first of all, survival. Hmm. Biological systems are absurdly wired for survival and remarkably well-equipped to dodge attacks and deflect weapons <laughs> used against them mm-hmm. in order to survive, in order to persist um, and to keep going. So survival is one theme and community is another theme uh, that just mm-hmm. is pervasive throughout biological systems, Um, the inability of one individual to exist without the contribution of its neighbors. Um, I like I've been I've been reading a lot about biological wound healing recently. Mm -hmm. Um, And and this actually is an area I want to explore, hopefully for my next book. Um, the way that biological systems heal Um, and because it is there are definable stages and each stage has to occur in succession like you can't jump Mm -hmm. you know you can't skip um, these stages and each stage uh, like there there's an entire phase where the the area that's been damaged is covered back over immediately just to protect it from future damage. It's so like before we mm. start repairing, before we start rebuilding, before we start restructuring this area, first we're just setting the boundaries and we are 
we're drawing a border. It's like the the area around the around the wound kind of wraps its arms around that that wounded area in a way, um, and and stretches stretches across it this like protective layer of of cells um, in order to protect it from infection, from re-injury. Um, like there's this this consciousness almost in the body wow. that that like our cells know to do this and and no single cell is like the boss telling the others what to do there's you know they all just kind of cooperate and do it it just kind of impossibly um so that communal effort and the like the communal knowledge someone in our vicinity needs our help and we're going to stop everything that we're doing and we're going to migrate to where they are in order to protect them and heal them and replace them and restructure them and then once the healing is over things go back to normal like it and it's it's this collective it's almost a collective consciousness that you know that emerges that arises during that process um but those patterns that the drive to survive the drive to keep living and to keep moving forward and the drive to support and receive from the community all at once um though that's that's what honestly has kept me grounded uh as I've been working through my spiritual deconstruction and reconstruction, um, because there are so many, um, there was a lot of certainty that I grew up with and I lost really all of that over the course of several years, mostly during college. Um, I was raised with biblical literalism. I was, you know, I was raised, essentially fundamentalist beliefs and when I lost those I needed something I needed a story I needed a narrative to keep me engaged Uh, and these narratives in biology are really that's what keeps me engaged you know and that's what keeps me grounded I love all of this so much. I just, seriously, like, I just, I just, I would, I just want to keep hearing you talk. Mm. Like, I've never been more excited for a book than I am in this moment. Right? This is my favorite thing. No, that whole, that whole. Yeah, that's that. mm. I'm already, sorry, sometimes I, my, I have dual brain and I'm already like, I'm always like listening for what are we going to title the episode? And then I'm like, listening uh, yeah. for how am I, yeah, yeah. I going to edit this right. later? And that whole, that whole section is just like the, my most favorite thing ever. And I'm going to put some music under it and it's going to like <laughs> move people. It's going to pop. Auditory nerd. <laughs> um, yeah, that for sure. For sure. Um, can I shift mm-hmm. gears momentarily? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Elizabeth. I wrote a science joke. I'm so excited. (laughs) 
and I need I need you to tell I need you to tell me a if it works <laughs> and two if it's any good. Oh man! Do you like how I just stole Colby's like way of <laughs> enumerating this is things? Very Colby. <laughs> I'm so proud of this, you guys. I sat in bed and I thought of this by myself. I even had to do a little bit of research to like. That's wonderful. All right. Okay, let's hear it. All right, here we go. <laughs> what did the white blood cell say to the red blood cell when she was trying to warn him about the disguised pathogen? Well, I have no <laughs> fucking clue. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. He said. She said, "Careful, he might have conned ya." That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's not good. I can tell. I can 100% tell that that is not good. Well, it may be that I don't have, like, like I had to think that one through. It's a thinker, It's a thinker. Oh, right. That's a word I know. It's funny. It's a slow bird. I know. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's no, that's good. Good joke. Thank very you very good. much. Try that. I'll be starting Try that in your stand-up um, set. My comedy, Let us know how. Yeah, I'll be yeah. starting my comedy career. <laughs> I would. I would be be strategic with your audience. Is all yeah. I'm gonna say. Like, like maybe at a science conference, you might get like right. a stiff a chuckle. chuckle. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well. That's all I'm asking for. It's not always a science conference is a tough room. I feel yeah, yeah. Often they're not going to readily laugh. You know, right? They don't give it up. Easily, they're not known for being a jolly crowd. (laughs) Well, I think I've I think I've learned something by this experience, and I think that that is that I'm going to stick to podcasts. Yes, yes. Um, But I am still fucking proud of that show. I mean, it is. Very good. Yeah. I think it is. It is, it is smart for sure. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much, good everyone. Job. All job. right. Uh, now that you've sufficiently fed my ego, uh, yes. Elizabeth, tell us about your upbringing. Great question. And I also want to just go ahead and plug my friend Crystal's podcast mm-hmm. uh, right now. Crystal's been on our show, um, and you just did. I was I, I jokingly commented on your your Instagram post. Ah, oh, damn it. We got she scooped got me. Uh, because you <laughs> right, just, right. yeah, she got you first. Uh, but you are, you're on the, uh, the newest episode of our, uh, not our Bible app. That's her app. Lord have um, mercy. Lord have mm-hmm. mercy. Lord have mm-hmm. mercy podcast. So, and it's a great conversation. I listened to it last night, which is why I feel so comfortable Wonderful. with you. I just yes. feel like I know you already. Yes. Um, so folks go listen to that. It's, it's a really good conversation and I'm, and I'm, we're, I'm trying to, we're already doing a great job of covering different mm-hmm, areas and different topics, mm-hmm. but I do just want to give you the chance to let us know a little bit about your spiritual yeah. upbringing, what religion felt like for you, what God felt like for you growing up. Yeah, tell us, absolutely. Tell us about that. Well, I, I grew up in a fundamentalist, evangelical Christian church, non-denominational, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. right and it was a my entire extended family really uh, was a part of this church so it was a a family affair and i was homeschooled growing up and along with several of my friends um in this church and being homeschooled is for me uh you know people homeschool their kids for all sorts of different reasons but for me mm-hmm. i was homeschooled as a way of protecting me from worldly uh worldly ideas worldly ways of thinking mm-hmm. right um 
giants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, exactly. I had a bit of catching up to do. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. All of my curriculum really was written by Christian authors, mostly for, mm-hmm. you know, um, for homeschoolers. So there was a lot of Abeka. There was a lot of, um, I can't even remember the curriculum companies and they don't deserve my, uh, my mention anyway, but I, there was a lot of Christian curriculum that's, you know, young earth creationism was in all of my science textbooks, no mention of evolution other than beware of these evil scientists who will try to tell you (laughs) that living Man came yes, from monkeys. Exactly. exactly. Uh-huh. And and we were biblical literalists. So, you know, Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. we believed were an actual man and woman who were the ancestors of every person who lived on earth, right? All of these stories we believed to be literal, literal whole mm-hmm. earth right. flood um, that killed mm-hmm. every animal except two of every animal who were on one boat together, every animal, right? Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. A boat smaller than most cruise yeah. liners today. I love, like, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just imagining, like, little astronomer you, like, trying to reconcile this idea of the sun and the stars with, like, a biblical Oh, my God. Right? Concepts. Right? Like, the ceiling on the sky and the water on the other side. Like, yeah. the whole, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I am glad. Yeah. <laughs> I am glad. I, I mean, I, I grew up with the idea that science would eventually conflict with my faith. Like I, I was mm. made aware of that. I was taught that. Um, and I always knew, you know, from the time I was in kindergarten or so, that I wanted to be a scientist. So for me, hmm. I mean, my, uh, you know, it was important to me to go to church and to do all the things at church. Um, but I also knew that science was, you know, what was a passion of mine and an interest of mine. So I felt this tension, um, you know kind of like at some point, some scientist is going to try to like get me to denounce my faith or something. That was like right. this picture. Your teacher is going to be like, yeah, stand like up. In, in yep. biology class, I'm going to have to like make a stand or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had that in my mind. I am grateful though that there was always something just fishy to me about Mm. creationism like and it Mm. it just seemed like we were doing we were jumping through so many hoops to explain away a lot of data and i was like you know if if my science textbook needs an entire chapter dedicated to why evolution didn't happen (laughs) Like, guys there are no transitional fossils right right, <laughs> right. and if we have to do all mm-hmm. of this work to explain away uh, things that right. seem like they just have a much simpler explanation then hmm, not so sure right um yeah. yeah but i you know i grew up kind of with this uh, with this tension a lot of a lot of focus on hell 
Um, and my church, we, we mm. did an evangelistic haunted house, like a hell house. I know. <gasps> Another revelation know. house. This is my favorite yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Did you have yeah. the, did you have the end of day stuff? Did you put the mark of the beast on Not people? Not the because... mark of the beast. Yeah. Okay. We did okay. like a, this whole story is actually in the book. <laughs> um, we did a, like a car crash. It teenagers oh, were out yeah. partying right and they got oh right yes doing the, the drugs, drugs and, and the alcohol. alcohol and then they went straight <laughs> to hell yeah exactly right exactly yeah, that's what happens Immediate it just like bam done um yeah, but i yeah. had the good fortune of playing at, I mean, at the time, I say good fortune now, like sarcastically, <laughs> but at the time, I actually was really jazzed that I oh, yeah. feel that oh, so my hard. God, I was the lucky, like the chosen one who uh-huh. played the role of the lost soul who dies in the car crash. And then I, I was the, the actor who wakes up in the coffin before the judgment throne of God and pleads with God to let her into heaven, tells God about all the, you know, all the times that I went to church and all the good things I did. God doesn't care because my name isn't written in the book of life. So he slams the book of life closed and I get carried off to hell by, you know, some youth group kids in capes (laughs) who are demons. Um, it's weird that God hadn't heard of Jesus. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's I funny. Thought you two, thought you two hung out together. You guys have like a right? thing, right? I thought this was like uh, your huh. thing. Um, it's like, must be in a strange family situation. Yeah. 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 Like, get your story straight, guys. Come on, Trinity. But this, I mean, this all was, it was taken so seriously in our church and I took mm-hmm. it so seriously. I mean, mm. we oh, believed yeah. that this really was going to happen. Every person is going to die. Mm. And if you are truly saved, your name will be in the book of life. If not, you go to hell for all eternity and there's right. simply nothing that you can do about it. So, you know, yeah. cue the multiple responses to altar calls. Like, I don't know how many hundreds of times I prayed the sinner's mm-hmm. prayer, right? Um, so many. And and I had, like, I had the nightmares about going to hell. I mean, for years, like into adulthood, right? Like that yep. image yep. was so fucking real um, mm. for me. And that was, it, so the, like the central part of Christianity in my mind wasn't the grace part. It was just the fact that like God was planning on doing that in the first place. That's the part I could never get over that. There's a God who Mm. created this whole world. Total depravity was a really important piece of our doctrine. So first of all, God creates this whole world full of just like evil, evil, evil people why? Mm-hmm. Why would he do that? Right. Just, you know, save yourself the trouble. Um, yeah. Creates this evil, evil world and then creates a place for them all to go by default. Like that's where you're going to go mm-hmm. unless you, you know, get your name written in the book of life. Thank goodness. Follow the straight yes, and narrow yeah, path. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it was a lot of fear, a lot of shame, 
Um, and I mean, to this day, what I'm still working through is the self hatred that comes from believing that yeah. you are evil, that I am evil, yeah. um, that, you know, that I was created a sinful person. Uh, and mm-hmm. that just reverberates through your whole self perception. Um, yeah. you know, and, and so many of the themes that I've heard both of you talk about on this podcast, just it, you know, learning to respond to our bodies, learning to listen to mm-hmm. our bodies, learning to respect our bodies and respect the earth. Um, these are all the, I mean, these are all works in progress for me as well. Um, yeah. after, growing up being told this really strong narrative um, of mm-hmm. distrusting my body and mm-hmm. distrusting myself, even my own mind. Right. Right. Yeah. Not on your own Exactly. Every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. This is, we got serious. But yeah. This got heavy. Ask, like, Sorry. Did, yeah. Right. No, we're gonna go just, love it. Just, we're all about heavy, but I am going to go back and say, did you have the thing where you went to camp and they would tell Ooh. you scary stories about demons? Camp, like, see. Like instead of ghost stories around the campfire, yeah. you mean? Like wow. demon stories instead of ghost Damn, stories. Thurston, wow. I, didn't even have I didn't that. Have oh, that. yeah. No. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, so, well, great. I've you got, got my own box own. to check oh, now. Or, like, yeah, stories about demon possession and things <gasps> instead of ghost stories That's at the campfire. Fun. The trauma. That's, I still have yeah. nightmares. I yeah. still do. It's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Uh, wow. Great Frank Peretti demon. Sure. Okay, there you go. I yeah. did. I, I did read some that, Frank right? Peretti. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I still have a soft spot for him. I did have you, a copy of This Present Darkness really? right there. Like, it's did, did you ever right read his um his book about his own personal trauma? No, I, mean, I think he did an audio book or something. But he had a, he has a something his tongue like something like hmm. he had a disease with his tongue or something that like hmm. caused him to have a like this large overgrown tongue that like made him slur his speech and he you know couldn't yeah. communicate very well as a kid. And he had a lot of trauma yeah. um, growing up. From from that experience and um, jeez, I don't know. I can't. I wish I could remember what that book was. Maybe I'll look it up. But um, it was it was a good. Uh, I, I I really r- responded to hmm. to his processing yeah, no, his, right. his trauma and like how that led him to to his the world of stories. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Not that I endorse the 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 morals of his <laughs> stories, but um, still, yeah, but yeah. He's. We all hmm. have our own experience right <laughs> around mm. things yeah no but that shame story i mean yeah i think that's the that's the that's the thing that we that's are the all work always right? yeah that's the mm. the resounding similarity i think in all of our stories and all of the overlap right. and even in the 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 variety in the different ways that we all grew up like i feel like almost everyone that we've spoken to has that piece of just that like how do I learn then to believe mm-hmm. that I am good mm-hmm. you know, instead of yeah. to believe that I am innately bad? Yeah. And, right. Um, well, what, what, so let's talk more about the book and, mm-hmm. and your work. Like, cause there's, I feel like there's going to be lessons that you have gleaned mm-hmm. from, mm-hmm. from that work that kind of speak to this. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take this moment to point people to your fabulous Instagram oh, account, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. which is, your so cells, great. your cells already right, know, right? 
at your at your cells already know it's it's delightful and it's really it's it's these gorgeous images uh, of of, mm-hmm. of cells mm-hmm. and um and then you've you've taken these like principles and points uh, from your learning and really like made this digestible um accessible like for mm-hmm. you know people who are only in mu alpha theta mm-hmm, once mm-hmm. um we we can read this and get and glean this really cool uh from the right. science from the the natural world uh this this principle and it's great so that's a lovely place that people should go check out right yeah, now it's beautiful um but tell us some more about your work and 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 right. one of the things we love to do at heathen is talk about you know we we have to process our trauma but also we want to like talk about the things that have saved Absolutely. us like, what, like after after after, de- after we deconstruct where yeah. do we go yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so where are you at in that and how is your work yeah yeah well these two i mean my process uh, my uh my work i i center my writing um around this theme which is in the absence of theological certainty how do we find meaning in life, mm. um, because there are so many of us, right, who had this firm foundation, and mm. for whatever reason, you know, it was swept away. And of course, I'll say mm. there there are many people who never had that source of theological certainty, right, and who built right. meaning yeah. in other ways. Um, and yeah. I want to learn from them as well. Um, you know, if I often, what is, what is this posture of, of humility and learning that you're presenting? I do not understand. We can learn something from, from, from heathens. You mean we can, we can just be open to the ideas of <laughs> right? others. We can That's like, not a threat to see the See if other people are living fulfilled lives and then ask why and how, and can we learn? Yeah. <laughs> And the truth is not threatened. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It sounds like a very scientific question. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Very, very fancy Ooh. and scientific. Um, <laughs> but one of the ways that I find meaning in life is through these biological themes that we've already been discussing. Mm-hmm. And I, I found um, that in my – so. Like my my faith started to fall apart in college, and then it was kind of this gradual falling apart for many years, for basically a decade, really, mm. um, where I w- I was struggling to find a category to fit myself into, and I I wasn't really I wasn't ready to say I'm an atheist. I knew that mm-hmm. faith. I knew that I live in a spiritual world. Right. Mm, I couldn't, I could never deny that. I could never ignore that. And I never wanted to cut myself off from that. Um, and, Mm. And in science, you know, you, you tend to be surrounded by, a kind of a, a materialist view, you know, uh, just a mm-hmm. focus on the concrete. And I found, I found some meaning in that, you know, like, well, we don't know what's going mm. on out there. We don't know, you know, like what this grand picture yeah. is, but what we do know right. is this stuff right in front of us. Like, you know, there, there's some meaning in that. Um, but there was always more to me. I always saw more. Mm. I always saw um, a bigger story and there were always realities, even 
like it takes something really basic like gravity, right? The the first scientific principle that we learn about um, in middle school, right? We learn about the effects of gravity. Uh, we can mm-hmm. measure the effects of gravity and we can absolutely quantify how gravity will impact a system. And I mean, Mm -hmm. accuracy is really important when we're dealing with something like gravity. If we weren't accurate, our bridges would fall down and our buildings would be lopsided. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and also Mm -hmm. if we weren't accurate, um, medical interventions wouldn't be successful. Our physiology is dependent on the effects of gravity. So, there's this force that has extremely real concrete impacts. But when you really think about it, what is gravity? It's an attraction between different forms of matter. It's as though every Mm -hmm. form of matter just knows that it Mm. should be attracted to other matter. Um, Somehow, for me, quantifying, defining, and objectifying these universal patterns never made them make any more sense. Do you know what Hmm. I mean? There's still something so... That's weird. It's weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is weird. It's weird that matter, it just knows right? To be attracted to other matter. How? Where is that? Where's that coming from? Explain it to me, please. Uh, But why? Yeah. And even more so when we get into biological systems, because then we have things like development. I mean, Mm -hmm. developmental biology is, it's weird. It is just weird Mm -hmm. that we, you and I, uh, the three of us, our bodies were formed from one single cell. We started as one single cell. And at every stage of development, there were switches basically that were turned off or turned on that instructed that cell and then that collection of cells and then that body to enter into new phases of development. Right. Mm. Um, And none of those stages would have progressed without the previous stages progressing properly. So there's Mm -hmm. a transformative process that happens. There's a change that happens. Over time, biological systems don't stay the same. Somehow, cells have clocks, (laughs) clocks, <laughs> like ways of tracking the passage of time, mm-hmm. question mark? Like, how is this happening? Wow. Right? <laughs> and how, how does a single cell, how does it know? All right, now it's time to move on and mm. divide, right? right? right. Um, there are complex <laughs> systems that prevent DNA from replicating in times when it's not supposed to, because over-replication mm-hmm. is unhealthy. And over-replication actually can lead to things like cancer. If our cells make too right. many new yeah. cells, um, that can be really problematic and really unhealthy. So mm-hmm. not only do we have switches inside of our bodies that are telling our cells, all right, now make more, you know, now it's time to generate a new layer of skin because the old one is all, you know, is all gone. We've got to make more skin. Not only do we have those mm. signals, we also have signals that are coming into play 
all of the other times to tell ourselves, no, not now, not now, not now, not now. Okay, now, like that, you know, there's this, it's a symphony. It's a a symphony wow. of forces that are creating our human lives. Um, right. So as I was in, you know, I was in school and then I, I worked in a research lab for a number of years. And throughout this time, I would just like catch little, I felt like I was catching little glimpses of hmm. themes of life. And these glimpses to me would echo the themes of like this human experience. Right. Um, and hmm. I kept thinking, I just that like the rest of the world is never going to come across this. Like there, you know, no, people aren't just going to pick up scientific journals and start reading, looking for what is, you know, how, no, how is sure this going to, <laughs> how, how should I live my life? How should I structure my life? Right. right. And the people who right. are reading yeah. these journals are looking for data and looking for the concrete. Yeah. And that's great. And that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And that's in many ways, that's what it's for, but there's more to it as well. There's this whole poetic side of biology mm -hmm. And, and that's what I want to bring light to. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I, you know, that that's what through this Instagram and really in, in many ways, my Instagram accounts was a way to experiment as I was writing the book. Like, do these ideas work? Yeah. Does it, you know, uh, can I draw this parallel? Um, and the book is just, it's a, it's a, a set of metaphors, a set of biological metaphors that I have found to be meaningful, you know, for the way that I live my life, for the way that I approach my life. Mm -hmm. um, and that's mm -hmm. the, yeah, the same, the same structure is reflected then in <laughs> the Instagram account and really um, through everything that I write. That's my, my focus. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. Can I, yeah, can I read, yeah, yeah. Can I read one of your of Instagram course. posts? Because I think that like just it fits in this and I love them so much. So this one is um, your cells know about contradiction, conflict mm. and tension and says, in fact, they know that to be alive is to be in conflict. If you feel that your life lacks a cohesive story, but instead is a series of confusing interactions and reactions, just know that you're in good company. Your biological nature experiences a similarly confusing, seemingly chaotic progression of events and actions. The stories only become apparent later in retrospect. Mm. Most textbook descriptions of cells include some type of metaphor to a machine or factory. We describe mitochondria as powerhouses. We talk about the assembly line of protein production with each step occurring in carefully choreographed succession. Our textbooks and our published scientific journal articles tell stories, metabolism, defense against outside attackers, production of proteins, acceleration or halting of proliferation, migration in order to heal wounded areas. The scientific method mas masterfully teases out these stories. We trace backward from a product or an outcome, detangling a single thread, a single chain of events in order to isolate a cohesive story. Or maybe we start with a gene or a hormone or an enzyme and we watch it react, bind, interfere, or become active. We look for the molecular stories that are being told inside our cells. We look for every kind of story from the general, nearly universal stories, uh, DNA, 
I don't know this word, poly, poly, polymerase, polymerase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. polymerase. Thank you. Phil's in base. I'm like, you're here. What's that word? Phil's <laughs> <laughs> in basis on a replicating DNA strand to the specific aberrant stories. P16 and P21 fail to initiate cellular uh, what's that Senescence. one? Senescence. Mm-hmm. That's aging. Senescence. That's aging on a cellular Ooh. level. Yeah. I love it. See, yeah. I'm learning in cancer tumor cells. We tell these stories because it's the only way we can dissect the complex inner working of cells. But a cell doesn't experience life as a series of stories. It experiences a seemingly chaotic litany of surges and suppressions, responses and reactions, forces and fluctuations. All of these actions conflict with each other, and the story doesn't become apparent until later, afterwards, when we analytically and critically tease it out. Like, your cells are experiencing hindsight being twenty twenty. Yeah, Like, that's totally... That's amazing. Like, I love... Just those connections, I think, are are beautiful. It's just I'm gorgeous. I'm so glad to hear that. I and I find so much, like, just comfort in that. Like this story that yep. we experience is echoed down to this microscopic level. Yeah, That's right. Wild. It's bonkers. It's so yeah. beautiful and. Hmm. But it's so, like, I think comforting is exactly the word I would use. Like, there's something just reassuring in that, that, like, all these patterns that we're living on our big scale are happening on this teeny tiny Mm -hmm. scale, Mm -hmm. you know? And then we can imagine that maybe they're happening on some sort of even grander scale. Like, there's just such potential for sort of just sitting in that from the poetic side of things and just being like, yeah. And and, and, and I feel like it just so much complements – we, you know, we we recently put out uh, an episode with someone talking about um, mm-hmm. meditation with Matthew Mitchell uh, mm. about meditation, and and for me, like this is so complementary to the that practice mm. and what I've been learning about releasing. You know, just like like ex- acceptance and releasing and um, acknowledging the right. coming and going as natural and uh, the loss as natural. You mm-hmm. know, we we we. we our suffering is so frequently self-inflicted because we are tied to a sense of right. what should be. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear you talk about on this cellular level, like just just being yeah, battered around by right. like influences that that are un- unpredicted and don't yeah. know what's coming. It's, it is. It is comforting to know that even on my cellular level, like that is mm-hmm. that is a truth. <laughs> yeah. And so I can live it out on, in my bodily right. level too. And, like, and, I, right. and I can trust wow. that there's something so bigger going on. I mean, mm. you you know that you think about one cell, like the chaos that it's living in, and our mm. bodies, our entire, our whole complex interrelated bodies are formed out of a community of those cells that are just like Mm -hmm. chaos, right? Just receiving signals, sending signals, um, just constantly doing and doing and yeah, battered around. There's this image of being battered around Mm. and life, life emerges Mm. out of that. Uh, Yeah. I love it. Wow, 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 wow. It's wild. It's wild. Good shit right there. I love it so much. Mm. Hey, heathens, do you love fashion? Making bold statements with your bodily real estate? Do you enjoy sporting obscure, niche, quirky swag that catches the eye as you grace the public with your presence? 
then may I recommend the Heathen Haberdashery, our little online shop where you can find an almost overwhelming number of standout moments and phrases from this podcast memorialized in t-shirts, totes, phone cases, mugs, and more. You can heathen your entire life in wardrobe. Get a tank or a wide neck sweatshirt that declares you are hardwired for heart swells or a, a hoodie that invites strangers to ask you about your apostasy. Personally, I love the Nerds with Verve and Heart shirt. It makes me happy. And I highly recommend wearing your My Orientation is Heathen shirt to the airport. Great conversation starter, especially if you pull out the Bible and read it on the airplane. Good luck with that. Whatever your style, favorite color, or size, we've got you covered. Like a fig leaf after the fall of Adam and Eve. Thanks for that one, Matthew. Check out the haberdashery by visiting our website at heathenpodcast.com and wear your profane lifestyle with pride. Okay, can I ask you a self-serving question? Of course. Okay. So my daughter is six. Yeah. And she she asks a, a lot of questions. She is notorious for asking questions. And so we talk a lot about uh, where babies come from because that's a very fascinating <laughs> yeah, thing for kids. But she yeah. wants to know, like, my kid is not satisfied until you take it down to a, a cell division level. So it is, it oh, is challenging wow. for me. But here's where here's where I tapped out. And I think, I, I think I've already kind of heard you saying that maybe this is just a question mark. And I kind of love that because hmm. I'll come mm-hmm, back to her and mm-hmm. be like, we don't know. Um, but she's very unsatisfied with just knowing that cells divide. So we start from a single cell and then the cell divides. She wants to know why and how, like does a wall, her question was, does a wall come between the cells or do Uh, they, like what is, does something chop them? Like what is the, why and how does that division? And that I was like, I, I, kid, I just don't We're know. Gonna like, that, figure is, it out. Yeah. that is that is what I and yeah. I tried YouTube and like the most I could find that anybody had anywhere was just like cells then divide. Like that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm right. like, okay, but right. Like, why and how, guys? I really right. need to know. I've got a very angry yeah. six year old. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I mean, we can break it down mm-hmm. a little bit, but. The thing with all breaking down of biological patterns is that like we can go to a certain level and then there's just like, because it does. Right? I love it. Yep. We, we're always, we're always hitting that like, because it does level mm-hmm. that level gets it, you know, it gets like deeper and deeper mm-hmm. as time goes on and we learn more um, about biology, but for cell division, I mean, what you can tell her is that actually polymerase, mm-hmm. um, DNA polymerase is an enzyme that makes copies mm-hmm. of DNA. So in, in that single cell, DNA polymerase comes in and it makes a copy, an exact copy mm-hmm. of the full DNA strand contained within that cell. And it's a, it's a whole complicated process. And actually in, in grad school, my entire lab, we were all studying aspects of DNA replication, hmm. not even in human cells because human cells are too complicated, really. Mm. Like, the biology community isn't even at the point where like we know everything that's happening in human replication. It's too complex. So we were studying um, archaea, which is a a type of fungus Mm. um, because it's just a little bit simpler. There are fewer enzymes in the mix. Um, So 
yeah, so DNA polymerase comes in, it makes a perfect copy. It, of course, DNA is a double helical structure. Mm -hmm. So those two strands have to be separated in order for the copy to be made. Mm. So first of all, the double helical structure has to be unspooled from, uh, from its position where it's wrapped around these proteins in the nucleus of the cell. So it ha has to be unspooled. There's a, there, there's a whole system that does that. Like, mm. you know, this system, its only job is unwinding the DNA when it's time to do mm. so. So DNA is unspooled, then it is unwound. So it's kind of like a, the metaphor that's always used is a zipper protein, like unzips the mm. double helical structure. Um, and then the copy can be made. Once the copy is made, then... Um, the cell kind of migrates the copy, the new copy of the DNA to one side, mm. migrates the original copy to another side. And there's all, there are all sorts of proteins that are like made it, mm. or produced in order to go into the new daughter cell with the new daughter DNA. Mm. Kind of all that stuff gets shoved to one side of the cell <laughs> and then it just like it, it just divides. Hmm. It like, yeah, it, <laughs> it just, just does. does. Sorry, Fable. <laughs> That's all you get, Fable. And then it <laughs> just does. And like, you, you can read textbooks that give you more details, but that's basically, it just kind of does. does. So this would right? be a place where I could say, because I said so. And <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Because, because I said so. It actually really works here. It just does. I didn't even know that there's a daughter. I, I mean, I never thought yeah. about it that far. Yeah. Like, I was just like, okay, cells what? divide, and there's two of what. Welcome what, to life with my child. Yeah, there used to be one. But I didn't realize there was an original, and then we make a copy. Yeah. And the copy is the daughter. That's wild. Yeah. And there's kind of, there's a differentiation between the two because the parent is older. The parent's mm -hmm. lifetime is going to be coming to a close before, you know, before mm, the daughter yeah. cell's lifetime. Mm, also, um, the daughter cell, like if there are any mutations or, you know, any problems that arise, though, those would be present in the daughter cell. So there's kind of this whole, there's a whole like dance that is done <laughs> in order to, spread out the lineage of a cell population if that makes sense like you mm. don't want you don't want all the daughter cells to come through one line because that would mean that if there's a mutation early on all the daughter cells would have that mutation mm. so replication is a communal every mm. cell replicates right it's yeah. not like there's one cell factory that's pumping out cells the whole community is contributing to the next generation you know everyone's a everyone is a it takes a village we, we have a we have an episode coming out about mothering soon and lovely oh, lovely gorgeous mm. um Karen, that was actually a really great transition because the way I wanted to end, if you're down, um, Dr. Elizabeth Jeffries. Oh, you have oh, you have questions. I have the science, I have the science quiz lightning round. Oh, oh. my goodness. I'm so excited. <laughs> so yeah, so I just want to ask you, I I just came up with a bunch of questions. These are and we're questions. gonna throw them at you. And oh, some boy. of them are total like stupid, silly bullshit, but you can answer or not right. however you like. 
But gut reactions to these things. So first, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Uh, science quiz question number one. Who is your favorite scientist and why? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm going to say Marie Curie. Uh, mm. yeah. I know her. <laughs> so what do we have? Yeah, she's one of the ones I know. Favorite. She's a fan favorite. <laughs> Main reason, uh, because she was a lady scientist in a time mm. when mm. ladies were not expected or encouraged or even really allowed to be scientists. Right. And there was such women are dangerous. Women are very dangerous. (laughs) And there there was such a strong narrative in her day. I mean, she was told that this was men's work. You know, it wasn't just like a subtle thing the way that it sometimes is Mm -hmm. today. Um, But she was told that point blank. And she just like said, fuck you. No, I I am a scientist. (laughs) I have always found her to be so badass. Um, and oh, just such that. a committed scientist, too. She was brilliant. Um, right. Awesome. We stand, Marie. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what is the most underrated or misunderstood part of a cell? Ooh. Like, we all know mitochondria, right? We, we know, know it enough to write a joke <laughs> about it. We mitochondria so well. <laughs> At least some of us know it well enough to write jokes. <laughs> That's not something everyone can attain. I'm going to say, uh, so I just finished a postdoc at the University of Pittsburgh, and I studied primary cilia. And never heard of it. I had never heard of it before I took this job. So, uh, <laughs> so don't feel bad if you um, have never heard. I of had primary not expected cilia. to hear of it. <laughs> I'm like, nope. <laughs> um, but a, a primary cilium is it's basically a little antenna that exists on the surface of a cell. These are on hmm. all all sorts of different kinds of human cells. There's this little antenna and it it does a lot of the things that you would expect an antenna to do. It receives signals um, and it communicates with its surroundings at certain phases of the cell cycle, that antenna is up. And then at other certain phases, the antenna retracts um, it, and mm. it's taken back inside. And it's like that's it's rhythm. Some me time. Yes, exactly. It's like, like the little <laughs> turtle, you know, uh, <laughs> turtle action. It's like, ah, nope, not feeling, not feeling it right now. <laughs> but it, I relate to myself <laughs> so much. Right? right? <laughs> little introvert, extrovert dichotomy there. Um, But it's that rhythm um, that allows for the progression of the cell cycle. And if that, Hmm. if primary cilia um, retraction and then growth fails to happen in a coordinated rhythm, the cell cycle fails to progress properly. Um, And we still know very, 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 very little about Hmm. primary cilia what role they play. We know that it's important that they follow this pattern of, you know, Hmm. growth and then retraction, but we really don't know why or what they're doing. That alone makes me really excited. Like that there's this whole area of the world, like right within our bodies that we just have no idea uh, what it's doing. I love that. Yeah. I love it because I feel like I... 
I feel like I know why they need it, but I just know it emotionally. You know what I mean? Like I just yes. feel I yes. feel why that is necessary because I hardcore need to also grow and then retract. Yes. I'm like, yep, nope. It's because they just get tired, they guys. Just like that's done, what it, right? They just yep. They just need yeah. to be charged. That reminds me of the um, the podcast that Jazz uh, just sent us about the poet uh, Sh- Sharon Olds. I think mm-hmm. one of the first things she says in the podcast is, "I was I was a." pagan dancer before I was even born. I, I don't have any proof of this, but it just feels true. Yeah. It's just the I way I feel. That. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, all right. Next question. Which sells the cutest? Ooh, the cutest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I spent a lot of time um, in my postdoc looking through microscopes at lung fibroblasts so just lung cells and I so I'm gonna say they're cute because I am just so I familiar like so familiar with them adorable fibroblasts. So okay, Evans, that's your new pickup line yeah. like I want you they're to go try cute. that out on somebody like, be like I bet your lung cells are adorable <laughs> yeah exactly I wouldn't are you, girl, are you a lung fibroblast because you just took my breath away yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's good oh, I've got God. a tear stand you're up set. weirdly you're weirdly good I'm at these killing things. the science I know you guys all right all right um sure you're not a three Mm, maybe. Mm-hmm. Does the body really replace itself every seven years through the process of cell Ooh. regeneration? Or is that like old wives tale? No, as far I mean, well, here's the thing. It's kind of hard to like measure this, right? Yeah. Um, but I have read from credible sources that yes, every seven years our skin replaces itself. There, I mean, there, there are types of cells in our bodies that don't turn over that fast, you know, and there are, mm-hmm. I mean, like our, I'm pretty sure our eggs for women um, are in our bodies from the time we're born, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think there's That's any, yeah, heard. I think you have, right. Yeah. Like, so there are certain types of cells that mm. um, just stay with us for our whole lives, but right. yeah. Yeah, we are, you literally are not the same body that you were seven Mm, years ago. Which makes sense because there used to be a lot less. Right? (laughs) Right? Like where did all this come from? (laughs) How did this happen? (laughs) Um, All right. Oh, what are your thoughts about the morality of stem cells? That's not a lightning question. That's like a big question. That's not lightning. (laughs) Gut reaction, yes or no? Should we do uh, it? Gut reaction, yes. <gasps> okay, oh, okay, awesome. cool. I, love it. I, I love don't it. need an explanation. <laughs> yeah, that's always been my gut reaction. Yep. All right. Um, okay, the rest of these are bullshit. Uh, which is true? Uh, a seven-day literal creation. The Hebrew creation story yes, is a poetic device borrowed from the more. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. There. Uh, borrowed from the uh, Babylonian and Elish, or we're all living in the Matrix. Oh. Ooh, a uh, Matrix, obviously. Matrix, yeah. yeah, that feels clearly, the most yeah. real. Clearly the Matrix. Yeah, I have no proof, but it feels it real. It feels <laughs> real. <laughs> yes. That's how I feel. Um, all right, what's your what's your best scientific hi- hypothesis <laughs> for why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego <laughs> were impervious to fire? Ooh, Ooh that's good. Uh, my best scientific hypothesis is that it's actually a metaphor, um, oh. right? Mm, a story, Yes. Yeah. Hold on. It. Well, wait. I played. I played Meshach in third grade in a in a church pageant. How did you, you avoid getting right. burned up? I know. 
Um, I, well, the song that we sang said, it wasn't hot in the furnace, man. Man, this furnace is cool. cool. Oh, wow. So I think, I think, this <laughs> <laughs> wasn't hot. I have evidence to suggest that God just made what? the fire cold. What was, was the musical was stylings of this it song? It was cold fire. It was cold fire. It was an ice it dragon from Game of Thrones. In the furnace, man. Oh my God! Wow. Stop. <laughs> it isn't hot in the furnace, man. This wow. furnace is cool, 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 cool. Yes, it's cool. That's gorgeous, Woo! Thank Matthew. You. I've got your you've got your music to lay under this. Yeah, right. Yes, Perfect. Right. I'll sing you the whole yep. song because it's still in my head, taking a valuable real estate. <laughs> yeah. Got to um, it out. <laughs> for crying out loud. All right. Um, just a couple more. Uh, I think this is not really a question. I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. I think we've overlooked the most obvious <laughs> evidence for Jesus' divinity, which is that based on the well-known and universally accepted maxim printed on kitchen magnets everywhere, alcohol is proof that God loves you and wants you to be happy. Oh, yeah, wine, for sure. Jesus' first miracle was turning water to wine. Hello? Yeah, I mean, clearly. is there any better proof clearly. that Jesus was God? Absolutely. Right. Like it's that's an equation, you guys. It's yeah. just simple math. I was in mu alpha theta. All right, last question. Why hasn't science found the gay gene yet? Ooh, I'm not subscribing oh, to 23 and Me until they do. That's a good question. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Get to work, is science. It, is it maybe because like sexuality is a spectrum? Maybe it's and, like, like more can... complicated than just one an, gene. I've, <laughs> I thought that they had a theory. Like I thought that they had figured out some sort of is there a theory pattern? I mean, mm. I don't, I don't know. I don't I'm know uninformed. why I think this. Yeah, but I thought I thought that they had isolated something that they were like maybe this could be <clears throat> sort of related. <laughs> I mean, the very yeah. loosey goosey hypothesisy stuff, but um, I also that could be complete and total bullshit. <laughs> I could be remembering uh, something else entirely. It just, it just feels. Like, yeah, I have it no feels proof. Right. Just feels. Dear Jad Abumrad, uh, can we get a Radio Lab episode on where we're at with the gay around gene. the gay gene, please? Right. Because right. we really need to know. Update. Update. Yes. <laughs> Um, Elizabeth Jeffries, I love you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're, you're, you're you are fabulous human this being. This has been wonderful. Um, yeah, thank you for being a part of it, yeah, for doing the heathen is... thing with us, for being brave, mm. for sharing your story. Um, can't re- wait to read the book wonderful. through the kaleidoscope. Um, r- give me the subtitle one more time. How exploring cell biology transforms my relationship with God. Mm. Yeah, and get on her Instagram mm-hmm. account immediately. Get on that Instagram. Yeah, your cells already know is the Instagram account, yes. and it's just like you're gonna fall into it and love it. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. So, is and there anywhere else you want people to direct people yeah, where they can find yeah. you? Yeah. So the book is out July 14th, and <gasps> yeah. yay! Uh, the best way to find out more is to go to my website elizabethjeffreeswrites.com and subscribe to my email list and if you do oh, that perfect. you actually will get 50% off your pre-order um, yeah. so yeah so subscribe um, yeah and I will be I'll be at Wild Goose Fest um, this oh, summer sweet. so yay I'll oh, actually be release weekend for the book so you can buy oh, it there awesome. as your wow. first opportunity. I love it. We're leading a conversation in the convo hall. So come on out, perfect. say hi. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. 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 All right, we'll put the links in the show notes, everybody. So go there right now. Right now. Click it. Do the things. Do the follows. All right. Till next Thank time. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you.